All right, Jan, we're going to talk as fast as we humanly possibly can. We're going to get this is going to be the quickest episode of all time. Uh, so we can go watch these Champions League games. No, I'm not, I'm not going to do that because we're unbelievable multitaskers. But if yeah, there's we just are. a big, there's just going to be a bunch of big lulls or random yells or whatever. But, you know, that's the authentic authenticity that we bring to our podcast. There we Absolutely. Go. We don't try to hold it back and be like <laughs> coy about our fandom. We, uh, Byron's down 1 0 and I'm pissed. So let's do it. <laughs> I got money on Byron. So I'm pissed too. There you go. Everyone's pissed. It's always, it's been fun to cha- to to bet on the Champions League though, because like I bet on City even yesterday, and I bet on City a couple times this year, which they haven't done me all that well. But you know, United is struggling, and even when United plays well, it's always like I'm never really like, oh hey, there's that. You know, we've turned that corner. So it's kind of fun having money on teams that are competent. Mm. That's a Manchester really, United I'm, fan I'm big, for you, if I've ever heard one. I'm a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the facts of the matter, you know? The facts of life. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, 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 uh, yeah, it's, oh boy. Okay, let's do this. Yannick, <laughs> <laughs> am I going to have to ramble on a lot more? I just start snapping, um, get your attention. I'll, Exactly. You might just have to be like, hey, 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 I asked you a question. Let's go. All right. I'm, I'm alert. I'm paying attention. Heads up. Heads up. All right. Yeah. Let's talk some NBA. Let's talk mm. MVP race. Giannis making some big, big strides recently as the Bucks have kind of picked up steam. Of course, Joe Embiid's been the favorite all year. And Nikola Jokic, the defending MVP winner, has also had a phenomenal year out of those three big men. So much for big men being ex- uh, extinct. Uh, who do you or who who is your MVP? Yeah, I want to say Embiid. You know, I I still think, you know, his season has gotten clouded by by the arrival of James Harden. And even though I think the 76ers are worse with Harden, Embiid's still been killing it. Absolutely. And I I don't think winning back-to-back MVPs is hard. And I don't think Jokic, while he's had a phenomenal season, has had the season to do that. And I just feel like they don't want to vote for Giannis again, even though Giannis is unstoppable and his three shots getting better. Despite all the noise, you know, he has Bucks position as the best team in the East, you know. So, like, if I was going for who is who is the best player in the NBA, I think I would say Giannis. But I, who's my MVP right now? I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. I agree. And and I, I think like he's out of those three, he's like losing the most steam, it seems. Um, I'm not sure if that means he's not going to win it. But like I, Giannis with his hot streak has, has gotten a lot more love. And, and Jokic, it's just, I mean, he's just been so damn impressive doing what he's doing without Michael Porter Jr. And, and Jamal Murray to have the Nuggets in that six seed. But it, like, I, to me, it's Embiid one, Jokic two, Giannis three, just because like the MVP award two, I think is, is, you know, the full body of work. And we've, Joel Embiid has been at the top or near the top of the MVP discussion since day one of this season. And he's still like, like you said, like the Sixers have have had some bumps with James Harden coming in, but they're still, I think they're the four seed right now, but by the end of the night, it could be the two seed these like, so it's a team that's still performing well. And and I think to his credit for for the most part. So I'm with you. I got, I got Embiid as my MVP as well. I think it's, and and I think too, like you said, like it's, it's tough to kind of win multiple, like, two in a row as Giannis like did before last year. And now Jokic would be attempting to do. So having the, uh, the new name attached is a uh, beneficial for Joel. Yeah. I, I, I think really for me, that's what it is. Cause between these three big men, how much better is one than the other, you know, <laughs> hard to say they're different players sometimes, but right. I think Embiid is, is just, you're right. So from, from game one to game, whatever we're in now, uh, he's been really, really great. 70 something. 70 something. However many games, 78. How many games does it take for the Lakers to get eliminated? Only time, only time told. <laughs> One, two, three, 75. One day, I, one day I really want to do that to see pop thing. Um, you should. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It'd be good. But yeah, no, I think I like he's, he's just, he's, he's been the best player and still has the same, like, it's not like the Sixers have completely collapsed since Harden has, uh, 
has come. And, and certainly, as we said, like a beats play has still been great out of those top four seeds. We talked, I mean, Sixers are right there. Bucks are right there. Um, Celtics tied at, um, with, with record wise with those two as well. And then the heat as the one seed out of those top four, which of those teams do you think the nets would rather see in the first round? I think Philly, you know, I think, you know, Harden is sure to evaporate at some point in that series. And uh, without both of them, I don't think the 76ers have much of a chance to fend off both KD and Kyrie. Um, Boston, Miami, the Bucks, they all have strong teams that have better benches than the Nets. So I think in a set in a, you know, in a set series of games, they can get past them. Uh, And I just don't think I just think Philly is the one that the Nets could be like, you know, even even if if Harden has two good games, he's bound to have two not great ones too. So I feel like they they there's more of a chance that the, the that Philly could mess up, shoot themselves in the foot versus like I don't think the Celtics, the Heat, the Bucks are going to shoot themselves in the foot, you know, in a manner that's going to help you win. I think sure they'll make mistakes, every team makes mistakes, but for the most part, you're going to have to beat them. Where I think Philly could beat themselves. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. I, I I have Philly as well, which felt felt like a weird choice at first, but really when you look at all the other teams like the Heat, the Heat are gonna make it tough on you. And maybe that would be like the second team that, that I would want to see if I'm if I'm the Nets, because I Jimmy Butler is a, a superstar, I'd say, but like I the Bucks have Giannis, so Celtics have Tatum and 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 Brown, just I'm a little more top in talent, but the Heat are just such a great team and um play such good defense. So but I, I do think it is the Sixers because like the, the Heat, whether I'm going to rip on Bam Adebayo and their other stars or not, they are just so consistent. They're, they're, they're going to give you a series. And then the other two just have such superstar talent. That is more, I mean, Giannis is a sure thing. And the way Tatum and Brown and the Celtics have been playing as, especially as opposed to the Sixers, you feel far more confident with what they're going to bring to the table. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there's a little more volatility with the Sixers. We know Harden can, can be it. And, and I've mentioned before, like doc rivers had, has had a couple of great runs with the Celtics, went to two finals and, and won one, but since then has struggled in the playoffs. Um, and, and it's been you know, particularly in, in LA and, and has done that in Philly as well. Uh, so we'll see if that continues. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, people are saying Doc Rivers is going to get fired and then take over the Lakers. I'm like, why? Why are you doing that? What? Yeah. What? What does that do for your team? I don't think it does Back a lot. LA. Yeah, literally. They give you enough money. Yeah, always. Oh, in the NBA, that always. would be fun. That kind of would be fun though, Doc, and with the Lakers, I'd be okay with that. Let's talk Lakers. Yeah, they're they're out of the playoffs. I mean, this is this season has been one of the biggest failures of, of any seasons. Um, kind of. Reminds you of that, that Nash Howard Kobe kind of super team mm. that, that really never was a super team either. Um, but LeBron still 37 has a chance to, to win the scoring title this year. It would be his, his second scoring title. He would be the oldest to do so beating Michael Jordan, who was 36 when he won his last in 98. If he's able to do that, do you think like this season is salvageable in the sense of like his legacy and you know positive negative kind of look on it like do you think you'd be able to be like yeah man the lakers really they sucked that year they were a huge failure but shit you can't really put it on lebron he's 37 and led the league in scoring yeah i think so you know like i (laughs) you know i i don't even if he didn't win the scoring title, he came. If, if they lay looked back, it's like, well, let's look at the, the season. I would say, yeah, let's look at the season. He finished second in scoring at the age of 37 with no help, like with with players actively not playing and injured or actively not being able to shoot around him. You know what I mean? Right. Like like he is doing everything that expected of him. And he's not even just like you know, consistently scoring 30 plus he's having 50 point games. You know what I mean? Like he's just consistently and having those big games as well. So uh, my answer is yes. Like, uh, it, he'll be able to salvage his legacy, but my answer is like, I don't think 
even without that, that this is a huge tarnish on his legacy. Maybe I, I hold right. him in a higher regard than other people, but I mean, for this answer, you said you, you asked me, would this season still be a tarnish on his legacy with a scoring title? I would say, no, it's not his fucking fault. Next question, please. Right. <laughs> I would agree. And I think, and honestly, you know, like that's probably the benefit too. Cause it's like, he's not only leading possibly leading the league in, in scoring, but like, you look at the roster that he has, like there's guys, it's like, yo, you, you, you guys are clearly not helping him out. So it's easy to be like, not to not really put, I mean, maybe we can blame LeBron, the GM, but yeah. LeBron, the player. And like, it, he's, he's doing everything you'd ask him. All right, Jan, that's it for NBA talk. We will obviously be getting diving much deeper into it next week as the playoffs begin. I can't wait to see what just happened to the game as I watch your reaction. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing a Bayern goal, um, unless you've changed allegiances to one of these other three teams that I didn't know about. Let's talk World Cup, though, Jan. USA's yeah. chances, Germany's chances. What are, what are your expectations from, from two nations that we'll both be following closely? Oh. Yeah, I mean, Korean Benzema just got a header out of the top drawer, and I freaking love it with all my heart. Um, <laughs> underrated. So, What's underrated. What's respect on Nine's name? I mean, I just, I just need a. I mean, wow, that was a crazy Dude. goal. That was phenomenal. Um, no, it wasn't my Byron fandom. It was my internal love for no, Korean Benzema, it was, and he just keeps right. <laughs> well, and and just great goals. That was a that yeah. was a beauty. This <laughs> is love it. This is easily the worst of our podcasts. Hey, let us talk to you about this game that's happening that is done. Oh my god! Listen, that's what we do. Makes okay, makes you want to play FIFA, right? Me too. Um, yeah, let's talk about it, the World Cup, USA and Germany, for example, their chances. Um, man, I hate saying this because it's not going to happen now, but I think the USA has a better chance than people think they do. I think the USA can make it to the quarterfinals. They have a better team right now. And I'm not saying team as in like cohesive unit. I'm talking about players on the team. You look at the team that made it to the quarterfinals in 2014, the one that made it, um, you know, in 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 2010, they, they have a better team than those teams. They have more players oh, yeah. with more experience in Europe. You know, they didn't have a Christian Pulisic type yet. Sure, they had Clint Dempsey, Landon Donovan, but even those guys couldn't get regular minutes in England. You know, like that's just the truth of this matter. And we remember them fondly, but they're not as good as these young players, the Weston McKenzie and stuff. Clint was great. Clint was, Clint was great at Fulham. He was there's great a at Fulham. There's a, there's, a, there's a difference between great at Fulham and winning Champions Leagues with Chelsea. Exactly. There, that fair enough. Um, and yeah, yeah I we'll, think we'll give you your credit. We'll give you your credit, Clint. We love you, but but let's be fair. That's yeah, fair is fair. Um, and I think you know, can they find the right pairings before the tournament to make their defense as strong as their offense? You know, they have Walker Zimmerman and uh, Miles Robinson in the back. They haven't really been tested in these CONCACAFs uh, matches all that much. And they will continue to really be tested because the games they'll have before the World Cup are the CONCACAF Nations League, which is, again, kind of the same qualifying group um, situation. Um, My God, you got to be kidding me. I'm sorry. Um, So they have the same situation with their playing CONCACAF teams. They're going to play friendly games against teams that aren't going to have their full roster. So how does their defense play against England, for example, when they first face like a competitive match um, remains to be seen. And I think, though, can definitely progress second uh, underneath England. I definitely think they could give the Netherlands a match if that's how we're expecting that to shake out. And uh, I could see them, you know, getting to the quarterfinals past that. Hard to say. I don't know if they have the experience, but I think the USA has that chance. Uh, Germany, honestly, tricky to say, you know, playing Spain's the hardest in their group. They should finish first or second. But, you know, hard to say after that, uh, that scene in 2018, they should have finished first in that one, too. Um, you know, so if they play Spain and 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 they finish first or second, the problem is no matter where they finish, they're going to play Croatia or Belgium, which are two great teams. So no matter where there's a hard game. Um, and, yeah, you know, sometimes with the draw and like you brought up with the USA, sometimes it's what's what's the other group that like lies with me, uh, you know, for the knockout round, because that like you can. Like whoever gets second in the Germany or Spain thing, like, oh, great. I get to play. I just won my group. 
Yeah, like Belgium could win their group and then play Germany or Spain. Like what what a great, great prize as opposed to like there's a chance that the USA could win their group and play Ecuador or get second in their group and play Ecuador. Like uh, that. Yeah, no, 100 percent. And and that is definitely like a thing that you have to look at. <coughs> so I think the goal for Germany is semifinals are bust and they can make it. They have to leverage their options better. Right. They have the good talent. But for the most part, you know, Sané is, is showing effectiveness at Bayern now. Can they leverage that in the Germany team? Kai Havertz has been silky for Chelsea. Um, yeah. Can they leverage that and get a true striker? Because they haven't had one since Miroslav Klose and they need that if they're going to make it farther. Um, I'm 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 happy with the draw, but honestly, like Germany has has a lot to prove this tournament before someone's going to call them a contender. Um, they're not in the top five for me. They're in that second tier. They can, of course, make it. And I'm never going to call them a dark horse right now, despite me and not having a lot of confidence. But, you know, right. I, it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And when I look at if we were in Group B with England, right, and we had to play that Group A situation, I'd feel much better than having to right. play Croatia or Belgium or God forbid, you know, we'll talk about that later. But any team that gets out of that group. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Yeah, it's who, who you play next can can be can, can dictate where you where you got it. Like, because there's just you get a real, real tough tough opponent like, like Croatia or Belgium is probably going to get, you know, Spain or Germany. I'd rather play most nations in the world than, than Spain or, or Germany in the World Cup. But at the same token, you know, if you want to be a, a World Cup winner, you have to be able to beat anybody anytime. Um, some tough paths, Jan. We always talk group of deaths. Who is your group of death in this World Cup? Yeah, I'm looking at Group F, and I'm going to make a prediction right here. I just talked about it. You know, Germany could play Belgium or Croatia, but I'm going to talk about it right here. I think Belgium is not going to make the round of 16. I think it's going to be Croatia and either Canada or... I love your Belgium hate, Jan. It's it's true. I, I just think Belgium has been under has been underperforming in internationally for a little bit now, you know, and I think Canada, we've talked about how deadly they are, especially with their team identity and their ability to counterattack with Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David. And you've t- you've heaped love under Morocco for the right reason, because they have a lot of stars as well. So I think. You know, I think it's going to be Croatia still going to hold strong. I don't think both teams will not make it out. But I think either Canada or Morocco, depending on who can leverage more points uh, in the group stage, you know, will really make it through. And I think we're going to see an early exit for a Belgium team that I think people are considering a contender. Yeah, I'll be I'll be interested because I like I think I think that prediction really comes down to what what Croatia is. Is it going to be closer to the, the, the 2018 version that got second place? Or is it going to be the normal kind of Croatia we've seen? That's that's a solid team, but in in their history, the, the twenty eighteen was you know an outlier. It's not like Croatia normally performs like they did. So if if they can replicate that performance even just you know a little bit, then then yeah, I think this group becomes much much more difficult for Belgium when when you talk about Canada and and Morocco. My group of death, I'm going to go with with, with Group H. I think it's a, a, another group with um, kind of like group F where, where really I could see all four of these teams um, going on. I know South Korea and Ghana are, are you know, viewed at as, as soccer powers, but they're two teams that when it comes to world cup time, play some of their best soccer. They got guys that can break a game open. I mean, like sun is good enough to steal some points from Portugal and Ghana and Uruguay. Um, the Uruguayan team is, is getting a little older and, and Portugal is a team that is, is so 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 talented, but even throughout their history, we, we've seen sometimes their their talent not co- like equal. Uh, you know the great performance out on the pitch. Um, so I think there's I think there's some possibilities for some prizes. Like if Ghana and South Korea get out of this group, I'm not going to be I'm not putting money on it, but I'm not going to be horribly shocked because of just how they perform at World Cups and and uh, the ability and, and the challenge that they'll present to kind of the favorites in Portugal and Uruguay. Right. I mean, Uruguay, there's a lot of stars in that group. Um, and, uh, you know, Uruguay's got stars. South Korea has a star. 
Uh, and Ghana, you know, they just knocked out a big African team. And we know Ghana likes to show up on the World Cup stage. Ghana so. shows up in the World Cup. Like they even do. in like 2014, like, yeah, they didn't get out of that group, but a group of USA playing great, eventual champion Germany and Portugal, like Ghana was the third best team. Right. No, they, they show up well. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they sent a team home, maybe not make it through, but you know, send a team home that was expected right. to make it through. At least sure. make, make, the, make those. I mean, cause like a lot of times I think in the group stage, you're thinking, at least you're hoping um, if you're, you know, a team, you're like, all right, g- give us one game where really we like, we should win in that. Like anybody that plays Saudi Arabia, which we'll get into now with the easiest group, it's going to feel pretty confident that after 90 minutes, they're going to have more goals in them. But I think with uh, group F and, and group H all three of those matches, like no matter who you are, you're going to have to be locked in or you're going to drop points. And, and we've seen, I mean, you, you tie enough games, you can find yourself going home before you, you want to. Yeah. hundred percent. Ask England. Tell, I bet Giorgio, uh, Giorgio Chiellini, or was, no, it's Benucci. I bet he didn't know that. You see, did you see what he said? You can, nope. cause you know, he's all going, he's all like, we only lost like one game, two games. And now we're going home, blah, blah, blah. I just want to be like, dude, I've, I've seen teams. I mean, actually, I think you guys might have done it recently, Italy, when you went to world cups, like not just draw three games and go home. Like, yeah, sometimes that happens. Do, do you not know how competitions work? Benucci? Also, you, you have yeah, plenty you- of chances to win, dude. That was the big, that was the biggest, just whiny baby move I've ever seen out of him. Yeah. I mean, it's really (laughs) sometimes, you know, we like to characterize the Italians as, as tough and, and tough as nails, but we also forget that team is full of crybabies all the time. So um, it's just, that's what's coming out now because how can you look tough when you can't even beat North Macedonia? You can, you don't, you can't. Um, So you can't beat anybody. I mean, he can can say whatever he wants about, Oh, we didn't lose games. You didn't win games either. So, right. No, for sure. I mean, it's it's going to definitely it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, I'm curious because you you set you started the segue. Who, which which group do you think is your easiest? This is the group with Saudi Arabia. It is. I'm going Group C. Uh, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. I, I think you know Argentina might have three matches there where they feel confident that they're going to have more goals. It's Mexico is of course going to give them. Uh, a, a good game because there's that sort of Central America, South America rivalry that occurs. Uh, but it's a weaker Mexico side. Poland, I mean, we both love Robert Lewandowski as much as you can. And, and he can do some special things. He's, he's, he's probably going to make Argentina work a little bit. The question always with Poland is are you going to be able to help Robin Lewandowski do what he can do? Um, and then major tournaments, they've not. Uh, and then, yeah, Saudi Arabia is. <laughs> Hey, they don't scare me too much. So yeah, I think I think group C is probably be my my easiest group. Yeah, that's fair. Group C was my second easiest, um, simply because I had to pick group A. Because how do you get put with a host nation? It's this easy for you. Um, is beyond me. And like Qatar, not not a, a non-factor here for me. And Senegal, it's gonna be between Senegal and Ecuador. And I think Senegal should be very feel very good. I think Senegal could win this group because the Netherlands yeah. are also not a team that that for me are an unbeatable European team that would have to falter. The, the Netherlands have a lot of questions as well to answer. They, and, they hit those highest of highs and low. Like we could see Netherlands dominate this group. Three oh wins, yeah. nine oh points. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you, though, where we could see Netherlands get second or depending on, you know, Qatar and, and Ecuador. Get, get knocked out. They could. I think that I, you know, I just have no faith in Qatar, but I could see Ecuador knocking them out. The problem with Ecuador is right. if Ecuador shows up and plays like they did in qualifying. Then this group becomes interesting because you have three in my head, very evenly matched teams. That, pretty, that pretty evenly. Yeah, pretty evenly. And now it's a group of death situation. But Ecuador historically has not showed up at World Cups, even if they've had really great players. Um and so you, it remains to be seen whether they'll do that. I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and I just think Netherlands is, even if they played at their worst, going to finish second. Um, but it's the easiest group for me, simply because how hard could this group have been for you if you actually had like a host that 
had any semblance of World Cup experience. They don't. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I, I mean, I guess you can. Uh, the only argument really is South Africa. But I, I, w- I would say and maybe not by that much, but I, I would say Qatar is is the weakest host nation we've seen. Um, and, and the thing, too, with the big like the benefit of of any, I mean, because even like Russia. Certainly better than Qatar, but the thing with the host nation is that they're put with in pot one, you know, or pot, I think it's pot one, pot A, whatever they call it. Pot where, one, yeah. Where you're with the seven, supposedly, you're supposed to be um, best teams in the world. So it's like if you get the host when the host is, I mean, you know, when the host was Brazil or Germany, you're, that you're screwed either way. Yeah. But when the host is, is even South Korea or Japan, or, or someone like that, it, it, it's a little bit of a benefit when you get in that group A because you, you're, you're, even if the team, again, like Russia, is, is a solid team, it's not to the level of a Germany, of a Brazil, Argentina, France, blah, blah, you know. Right, 100%. And also you have to think about the reason why I put, you're right, I also rank Qatar below South Africa, despite maybe they're not talent-wise so different. But like when 2010 happened, it felt like South Africa was getting picked because of the emergence of African football. And that felt like there was an importance around the country. Let's not mince words. Qatar is being picked because of money. It's not because <laughs> Qatari football is because of the importance of money. Right. I mean, it's not like Qatar is like, finally, we've been wanting football to come. That's not what they're doing. So, like, I just don't see home advantage even being a thing here. Whereas, like, at least South Africa, they have a whole continent behind them, it felt at times. So right. I, I just it's, like Qatar, Qatar is like basically like a city state. Yeah, it is. And they don't care about about soccer as as much as any other nation that I've ever seen host a World Cup, you know, and and does Russia either, you know, and probably not, but like far more than Qatar. So, um, well, I guess, like, too, I mean, as you're like, as you're saying, though, Qatar is a city state. Russia's got hundreds of millions of people. You're going to find enough soccer fans in the hundreds of millions of people. Qatar's population is not near that. So like, even if it's just like, cause even like America, which, you know, Americans also will just do shit, but like the population's big enough where, yeah, you're going to have a segment of soccer fans, but yeah, you're in a nation that's not that big. I'm going to look up what Qatar's population is. Right. Probably not a lot. Um, but, and even Russia, I, I, I said, I can, I shouldn't, I should take that back as much as I don't want to take anything bad. I say about Russia back. Um, I, they, they do have a history of football. The USSR was a big footballing nation back in the sixties and seventies. So, Absolutely. you know, that is there, Absolutely. there is history there. All time um, greatest goalkeeper. The black panza. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. The, yeah. I think that, uh, yeah. So I just feel like the one with that host nation of all the years to get the host nation, the Netherlands should feel great. Senegal should feel great. Hell, I mean, Ecuador should be thinking, why shouldn't we make the next round? You know, there's no reason why we shouldn't make the next round. Absolutely. Every, every, every team could think that. So that's why it's. Well, and, it's and as a South American team, like I, to me, uh, like because Benucci can complain all he wants. Like I, I think South American qualifying is is easily the toughest. So you make it out of South American qualifying. Like you've said in the past, they haven't played in the world cup like they didn't qualifying, but if they can, then like you're, you're beating out some really, really good teams. Like you, you beat up Peru where you don't have to be in their situation and some really talented players in Colombia and Chile will be watching this tournament from home. So like you, you should totally feel confident regardless of, I mean, Senegal's African uh, cup uh, nation winner. And Netherlands has, you know, probably the most prestigious history of a nation that's never won the World Cup. Um, but I, yeah, I think I think you have to feel like you've got a fighting chance. Hundred percent. And also, yeah, that was such a dumb thing to say because I'm sorry, European teams get one kind of good team to play and then three gimmies. So like, yeah. I'm sorry, like you should be winning like. 80% of your games at all times. Um, Kai Havertz just headed it in. There you go. See, leverage his talent. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I want to see. Um, no, but you should be, le- you know, you should. <laughs> he can shut up. Italy can shut up for a long time. Now. Right. They, until no. they make a good run in the World Cup, they can shut up. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, and, I, you know, I, I'm sure I, a little bit of it, too, probably has to be like, 
shit, I'm probably not going to be playing in the world. Like, I'd, I'd be surprised if Benucci was on the team. But then again, I thought Benucci and Chiellini would retire. That they might never retire. They they might be 80 years old and still be in the back line for Italy. So who knows? Jan, what is the uh, the most exciting group to you? For me, it, it was um, your group of death, uh, group F. Um, because yeah, I, I think I think Belgium still are contenders. But yes, they they they're. I mean, we we keep wondering. I'm like, all right, is this? Your your golden era, they all have a, a timeline, and yours is getting nearer and nearer to the timeline. This might be their their last shot um, to to really win something with a group that is immensely talented, um, but hasn't performed in major tournaments. And like we said, we got Croatia older, but still so talented, and a team that always performs. And then Canada and Morocco, with, with the, the the solid teams that they have, the talent they have, and the way they play, I'm 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 with you. Where like just it, it's going to be a, a terrific group. Right. No, I agree. And uh, sorry, I'm wow. Crazy. Nah, Byron just got scored on again and it went off like a weird situation that just happened. Um, boy, it's going to be a little rough game here, isn't it? Um, OK, so uh, why did I parlay Byron? What am I, I don't parlay. Is I don't question. know. Don't parlay. That was little it's come across. Francis Coughlin, of course, has the goal. God, I would have um, made fine money just betting on Real. I mean, Real might still fumble this away, but. Parlaying just oh, it was stupid. Off. Waved off. Okay, thank the freaking hell Lord. yeah! Waved All off. right, we're back. All right, we're, we're back, back then. Oh, he's easily off. Yeah, it's so funny that your favorite group was my group of death because my favorite group is your group of death. It just worked out that way yeah. perfectly. Um, we just both had the same idea. We just put them different places. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah, which it's just good. Uh, yeah, I think two sides of the same exciting. coin exactly and it's and i think what's what makes this group exciting for me is you have a lot of star players on teams that aren't aren't teams that like you feel super secure about you know like the most te- the team you'd feel the most secure about is portugal but let's be honest turkey and and north macedonia those games they should have flown by those teams and they didn't they they those teams were able to do things against them and i think that south korea uruguay ghana all better than those teams, like maybe not Turkey, Ghana, but past that all better. So like, you can't tell me that they can't hang with Portugal, but Portugal does have these great stars. So you have to think about that. And then you look at, um, Uruguay, a team that is aging, but still has Luis Suarez and Edison Cavani. As soon as you have those players, they can score goals on you. Even if you you're not, you, play, you got a shot. And, and, and on the South Korean side, you have Hong Min San, you know, it's like, could at any point, you know, really turn it out for South Korea. So I think that this group has a lot of stars and it's going to depend on which stars can do the best for their teams. There's a lot of time still between this and the World Cup. Some other things could happen. But uh, but I also think that's important to say, you know, like if any of these stars get injured, these teams go down drastically. You know, if, if Ronaldo was not to play, if Bruno Fernandes was not to play, if Cavani or Suarez couldn't play, if Kong Min Song couldn't play, you know, and it could happen. So, yeah. I, that's why I'm excited to look at the group. Lot, lots of storylines that could happen. Yeah, the teams, their their ability to go far is is high because of the talent. But like you said, you you lose those those guys, then it becomes much 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 more difficult. Um, there are some. I'm excited to see what the uh, the young Uruguayan guys do. Obviously, Valverde has been playing real well for for Madrid, but. I, it, this Uruguay feels like it's going to go at least this iteration feels like it's going to go as far as, as Suarez and, and Cavani can take them, which even at their age have shown they can, they can get it done. Right. And I mean, there's some great headlines here too, just in terms of matchups. You know? I think that, uh, Uruguay Ghana revenge match is going to be a good one. I think right? it's going to be a right? good one. It's been years in the making. Suarez is still on that team. And uh, I I think that's going to be personal. I, I, that is going to be personal on both sides of the ball, I think. So I think that's I'm over or under it's two always, red it's cards. It's personal with Luis Suarez. True, true. Um, it's always personal, yeah. I'm going to say that's going to be the Portugal-Netherlands game from 2006 of this tournament that just has like 10 yellows and like three reds just because everyone's losing their freaking mind. Yeah. 
Uh, it seems that seems accurate. Yeah, it's gonna be. When is that one too? Oh God, that's that's the last match day too. Oh yeah. If there's any chance that either of them is not in, or or you know, if there's a chance, that's gonna be ugly for sure. Right. They it's could both be, totally. Oh, I'm getting so excited, and like I I guess we'll go to favorite in a second because I kind of want to talk about about this now, just because like I I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, the different schedule. I mean, like the United States is playing England the day after Thanksgiving, which is, I think, super, super cool and super fun. Um, it's going to be a little weird without uh, without being in summer, but like, shit, it's a World Cup. I, I'll, I'll take it any time you can get it to me. So I, I'm not complaining. Do you think that, that like the schedule change? Because like you said, and you already mentioned it with, with when the draw was, it is not that the World Cup's a lot longer after the, the club season, but I, th- I think there's something to be said as opposed to having a tournament in the middle of a season, as opposed to when a season is, is you know, formally kind of wrapped up and stuff. Do you think kind of the schedule change and also we've they've had the schedule change because of, of Cutter's extreme heat. Do you think weather, do you, like, do you think any of those changes are, are going to affect the world cup? Even not just like, I don't mean like it's going to affect every single game, Big time, but do you see it having any sort of, of kind of uh, impact on on the tournament? I do in some ways. Do I think the weather is going to affect the World Cup? Maybe, like maybe European teams will benefit from like a colder climate. But we just talked about it. Qatar's climate is different. That's why it's it is the way that it is. So possibly Asian teams will will, but I don't think any teams that are in that vicinity are on the cusp of being something that this would push them over the edge. So I don't, you know, maybe the climate and training conditions could have an effect, but I don't see that the schedule change will definitely affect it because now the club season situation is, is going to, is going to provide some advantages that we won't know until it comes about, you know, that there are going to be star players injured in early season play because early season play in every league is really chaotic, especially in the Premier League especially in the Bundesliga, especially in the Serie A, all of these top leagues. So there will be star players injured and some teams could benefit whose core don't all play for star clubs. I'm thinking Denmark, the Netherlands, maybe even some African Asian sides whose seasons run differently. Maybe the MLS that's not all the way up there. You know, I, I think that there will be teams that benefit and more importantly, teams that that have to deal. I mean, we could be looking at a tournament. We're talking about England. They lose Harry Kane. Why shouldn't the U.S beat them you know what i mean like you, you're looking at germany if, if they lose manuel neuer for whatever reason beatable like it's, it's it can be that easy france world cup contenders if they don't have benzema if they don't have mbappe because of injury reasons right it, it, it's impossible to predict what is going to happen but it feels think, i'm gonna ask you i'm gonna ask you specifically right now you think if france if they have either or like say one of those guys gets injured but they have the other you, do you think they can still win it all I think they need both to win it all. Okay. I think they, because I think Brazil is going to get to the end, and I and, and like it depends you're on what believe, happens. You're believing in Brazil now. I'm believing in Brazil. I've I've kind of been doing my research ever since the World Cup situation. Yeah. Um, and it's they've tough, been playing. It's tough to keep track of international teams, and I think particularly Brazil. Yeah, because Brazil kind of like they have a lot of guys on their teams a lot of times too that like have just played in Brazil, like that are super, super talented and probably will play in Europe or, or might play in Europe sometimes. But like you, or at least I, because I don't follow Brazilian leagues, I've never heard of. Right. A hundred percent. And like, it's also hard to gauge because there is South bias against South American qualifying. So like, I think we look at these games that they've been winning and winning and winning, and we're not sure what to make of them, except if they play Argentina, you know? So I think that's also something to be said, but they have been very consistent, which is something that Brazil teams haven't been in the past. Um, We've been talking about, you know, can they bring a squad and have tactics? And I still think that's a question for sure, but I, this team is really good and, and they still are, you know, they're more one of the more consistent teams. I just also think France has a lot of questions that we're not asking them. You know, they have a lot of talent, but that talent also hasn't lined up perfectly for them. Even in their World Cup uh, run, there were problems that didn't get exploited, but 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 were shown. You know, and so look, I, I like I, I think 
anybody that ever has the World Cup champion, defending champion, as your favorite, you're insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they, nobody's gone back to back since what, 54, 58, Brazil? And the yeah. only other time no, it was just like Italy 34, 38. Like, it's so unbelievably hard. It's so unbelievably hard to win. I mean, part of the reason that Spain's 2008 to 2012 run was so impressive is because, like, even winning World Cup to Euros or Euros to World Cup is super hard. Like, France probably should have won one of these last two Euros, if not both of them, but didn't because winning trophies is really, really difficult. Right. And there's so many factors that come into effect when it comes to a World Cup, you know, just yeah. so, so many um, that is unlike anything we else seen because it's every four years. You know, we, it's it's so hard to tell. And like how the landscape the team, can change or does yeah, and, change so much. Yeah. And we look at this France team and we're like, yeah, they're France. But like, why aren't we talking about the fact that they got eliminated from the Euros really early on? You know, like n- I feel like people calling the favorites like if that had happened to any other world cup winner right uh you know afterwards you know we'd be saying what the hell like germany at least got eliminated in the semis after they won their world cup and even that they were like oh are they the top team or is it france it's like we're forgetting that france got eliminated by switzerland like yeah. like i don't i don't understand um i don't have and, them as my favorites sh- and yeah. should and shouldn't have like had, had the game complete control and just gave it away but like exactly. that has to make you worry a little bit, right? Be like, because, but I think, but I like, and that's even part of it. It's like part of winning trophies is really, you have to be like, like talking earlier about the group stage. Part of the benefit of having a game where you maybe don't have to be locked in 90 minutes the entire time because the opponent's a little easier is really beneficial because every other minute you have to be locked in or else you can lose like France did. Right. And I mean, the better France team, I think, was happened in 2014 when Germany won. I thought that France team was better. I, I know Mbappe yeah. wasn't on it, but that France team was phenomenal. And the only reason they the Germany won was a 15th minute header. Valbuena, like lost concentration for two seconds. Matt Hummel scored a header and it was over. That's all that needed to happen. So, like, I agree with you. It's all locked in and it's hard to say that locked in, especially when people have their sights on you more than maybe other teams because you are the defending champion. So, yeah, I agree. I don't have them as my favorites. And um, I mean, obviously, I, I just, obviously they could win it. Like, of course, they're, of they're course. crazy talented. And we talked about, it too, like, I think part of the reason you feel I probably the most confident you felt about a defending champion in, in a while. Although I mean, it was tough not to feel. I, I, I feared the shit out of that Spain team in 2014 still. Of course. And, and honestly, you know, part of Spain, like, you know, that's part of the World Cup too. Like, Spain didn't get so much worse, but the Dutch got a lot better. Chile get, got better. Like, like you said, that four-year gap, it, 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 the, the tournament looks so, I mean, tournaments, the competitions look so much different from year to year, like, obviously. And World Cup with the four years, it's it's so completely different. This France team, I think you have the confidence in because there's so much of their team was so much more youthful, like we've kind of talked about before. So you're like, all right, you guys are like now entering your prime. You weren't kind of in your prime then. Um, but I, still, like, when he, the World Cup twice in a row is... It doesn't, it doesn't happen. Like it happened literally in the fifties and with like one of the most unbelievably talented rosters of all time. And then the thirties when like nobody was even playing. Yeah. We are even past the time where people would get that to back to back to world cups. That doesn't even happen anymore. Just getting there, you know, like yeah. in the eighties still West Germany got to like three straight Argentina got to a couple straight, but that doesn't even happen anymore. So like, it's just <laughs> literally like with, I mean, France, the duck that France has to break is just getting out of the group stage. Right. And like, I'm not picking them. I'm not saying I'm picking them to knock out of the group stage because I think their draw is favorable enough. But I think part of the thing with the World Cup is that you don't know until it happens whose time it is to come into the forefront. And they have a team in their group whose time I think it is. I think the Danish could absolutely break out in this tournament. So oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they the way they played in the Euros, like the oh, yeah. are, and, and and Peru's not gonna be a, a rollover by any means. I, I guess no, I, they're gonna, shouldn't, they're I shouldn't gonna disrespect hell. New Zealand like that, but I, I would be I would be shocked if New Zealand wins. Um 
I've never picked any worse March Madness bracket, so I, I probably shouldn't make any prediction. I probably I probably just guarantee New Zealand is gonna win the World Cup. Um man. But I I, I assume it's gonna be Peru and Peru like I mean, like that's that's a time where like France, yeah, you're crazy talented, but if you don't play 90 minutes against both those teams and and drop some points, you can put yourself in a precarious situation, even in the sense of like maybe you get second in the group, and then anytime you get second in a group you're you're putting yourself in into a you know a bad situation like you're you're probably gonna be playing a favorite to win the tournament sometimes you get lucky but most of the time not <laughs> most of the time not don't seven think out of being seven lucky. out of like eight you're gonna play a team that thinks they're gonna win it all yeah 100 percent. so yeah i think um but yeah back to what we're saying i think the the schedule chain is going to be the thing that will affect it the most i see at least two or three star players especially these older ones you know who are already you know like are we going to see ronaldo are we going to see messi maybe i don't know but if they get injured in august there's no you know there's no time it's not like they can end the season and still have a month to recuperate it's like the season takes a break and then it just immediately goes into the World Cup. So I think it's going to be hard. Well, and you know, I mean, kind of to your point too, it'll be interesting to see how those, those older players, especially are how they go, go about their club season in, in the, the coming months of, of the tournament. Cause you, you obviously want to be fit. You obviously want to be playing well and everything, but you last thing you want to do is, is get injured. So it's, it's gonna, it's gonna make for, uh, I agree with you where that and like, I don't think either of us are like, oh, it's going to completely change the, the tournament, but it it could at least take out a, you know a favorite or, or you know hinder maybe a, a ch- like you know a team like like Denmark that like, has a lot in them. If they, if they suffer a couple bad injuries, maybe they don't reach the you know maximum of, of what they could be able to do. A hundred percent, a hundred percent agree with you. All right, Jan, favorite, who are you taking? Oh my God. Sorry. Um, Ben's about to score a hat trick. Oh my God. God. Love it. And it was a horrible mistake. Okay. Sorry. I'm moving on. Uh, Favorites. I just said it. Brazil. I think the last time Brazil won the world cup was 2002. And something that this year reminds me of, of 2002, you had a lot of great teams with a lot of problems and that kind of, I see the teams contenders this year like that, right? You have France who just got knocked out by Switzerland. You have an England team who they did just get to a final and and they could be considered some people's favorites, but there's still a lot of questions about that defense, especially with how some of those defenders have been playing recently um, for their clubs. And uh, you have a German side who's far from who they used to be. Spain side is far from they used to be. In 2002, same situation. France got knocked out early. Italy got knocked out early. Spain was good and then got knocked out by an Asian team. You know, that kind of reminds me. And Germany, who ended up being there in the final, they were not even one of the favorite teams at that time, and they made it all the way. So I think that in that kind of chaos, that's where Brazil emerges. And I think that they have a great team. They've got an attacking flair that's really hard to match for a lot of the defenses. I don't see any defense, right, that's so solid that they can match up against that Brazil offense. So while I still have some questions about like strategy wise, if they're just going to kind of go off the cuff, which is kind of what screwed them in their own home world cup. Uh, I, I, I think they're my favorite right now for sure. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the South American team as well. I'm going to go with Argentina uh, Love it for like, for lots of the same reasons. Just, I, I, I agree with you where, where all these teams in Argentina is, is certainly not an exception of, the, of, of this, of, of having weaknesses and, and having some, some, you know, holes that can be taken advantage of by an opponent, but they've been one of the, you know, just most consistent teams uh, over the last couple of years, finally getting that Copa America. I think it could, could be a big game changer for them. Um, and I think to Brazil and um, Argentina's credit or, or, you know, to like their, their argument is, 2014 is still the only time that a European team has, has won a world cup outside of Europe. So um, it's historically European teams don't get it done. So uh, we'll see if that trend can, can continue for for either of these teams. Yeah. I hope it does. I think we need a South American champion again. It's, it's, it's getting getting too Eurocentric. I agree. I need something to, to mix it up. Yeah. It's, I mean, Brazil or Argentina is not mixing it up in any sense of right. the word. But, <laughs> but hey, if, Uruguay, if, 
if Uruguay or Ecuador or Peru, if they, they officially make it, want to go and uh, snag one, I'll be okay with that. Oh my God, what a craziness that would be if Peru won the World Cup. That has to be the s- smallest country that's ever won. <laughs> well, I, th- I think it's still, it's only, Uruguay had, because I always think of like, oh, Belgium's going to be the smallest country. Because I think Peru's still bigger than Uruguay. Uruguay's real tiny. So I think, they, I think Uruguay, I think Uruguay has that on, on lock for most, most of all time. Uh, good job, yeah. Uruguay. Good job. Good job being one of the first teams in <laughs> in the 30s <laughs> when there was good 12 teams. Host, good job hosting it back in Was there even 12? I, I think there might have been 12. Yeah, I, at, I don't at, know. At max, but that 12. Kind of, at max, yeah. Um, God. Always good to get an early one for sure. <laughs> right. Hey. Then they got, they got another one in a. Uh, what, 50? They oh, yeah. Early, they got them early and they got out. We're done. Yeah. Finished. No more. No more. Love breath. it. All right, Jan. Speaking of um, people who, well, winning them early and late. Maybe, maybe you're going to pull a Tiger Woods. Tiger, do you think he's going to play this weekend uh, at Augusta? Um, I think so. All signs point to yes. Uh, he's, he seems like he has a tea time. So I, I'm going to say, yeah. Um, and I don't, I just also think even if there wasn't so much like cons- consensus that he is going to play, I don't think he would let the rumors go on if he wasn't most likely going to play. Right. Um, I think he would be like, hold on everybody. I'm just fucking practicing. Please. Right. G- give yeah. me a, Oh, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pumped. I'm really excited to, to see him play. Apparently his practice rounds have been really, really good. So, I mean, I, if he won the Masters after being in a car accident, There's not no. playing in a tournament since 2020, would that would be the best win of all time, right? Like in anything. Oh, I mean, easily. But like, I, don't, I mean, I wonder, I wonder if he's even like, I think there's a better chance he plays one round and then drops out than him winning it. Like I, I oh, yeah, like, I agree with that. Yeah, for I'd, sure. I, I'd be kind of surprised if he makes the cut. I wonder now. I kind of want to see what the odds are for him making the cut. They're probably not very good because people put too much money on Tiger. Yeah, no, they're probably not good. People are already saying like he can win it, so it, the odds are probably not great. But there's like, no it, way he can win it, right? It would be the most. It would be the craziest thing in the world. It would be if like. I don't even know. I don't even know how to it. It would be as if you know what it would be. It's if Alex Smith, instead of getting comeback player of the year, won the Super Bowl, you know, like just and and not even even that is not even remotely as close because, you know, it's not the same situation. But it's just like it would be so unbelievable. And like, God, I would never watch Get Up Again because those those fuckers love that no, with their golf be, and their yeah. Tiger Woods. <laughs> All right, his his odds his odds to make the cut are plus one hundred five. Oh, see that's see, but I like I kind of want to take that bet just because it's kind of a fun one. I'm like, oh, all I have to really worry about is the cut, and right. it is it is plus like, but I don't. I think he I'd be so shocked. Yeah, no, I'd be shocked. I'd be stunned. I'd be in every way, uh, every sense of the word that should not happen. And if it is, I mean, we have to start talking about Tiger Woods as as the greatest athlete of all time. And he's already in that conversation. But like, right. But like, if he can do that, what he what can he do? Or like he would be in the conversation. You know what it would be? He would be in the conversation as Rafael Nadal about who owns a tournament. You know, Rafael Nadal, probably the most dominant player in a single tournament, like with the French Open. And I think if Tiger Woods Woods could come back from that and win the masters again and be like, yeah, okay. So it's you and the masters. <laughs> like that's what yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. How many, how many does I gotta see how many Jack has just to see how much of a, I think, I think they would be tied on, on masters, which yeah, if you did it, like he did it, that would, it would be so just like absurd too, because like it would be like, Hey, you guys remember that insane Masters win I had a couple of years ago where it was like just the most ridiculous comeback that ever could have happened. I I'm gonna I'm gonna top it. I'm gonna yeah. Remember the thing that no one can stop I'm talking about. I'm gonna all, do it I'm gonna, one more time. But like, how could I do it that it's even more special? <laughs> all right, right, I'll just get in this almost like life changing car accident, um, and then I'll win it again. You know, just just cause. 
He would have yeah. he would have as many masters as Jack, and he would have Jack had twenty three years between his first and his last one, sixty three and eighty six. Tiger, it would be twenty five years between his first and his second. He's not gonna do it, but I hope I'm this. I hope my my March wrongness is is continues. Wrongness is not a word, but March wrongness. Lol. I hope my prediction. I hope my predictions of. What's the opposite of uh, the guy that predicts everything? I was going to say Nosferatu. I think that's a vampire. (laughs) Nosferatu. (laughs) A dude is not predicting shit. He's just going around sucking blood. Yeah, listen. Bloodsucker. All right, Jan. Who who do you got next? Actually, this will be the first quick fire question. We're doing a quick fire question right now. Okay. This is a tough one. Who are you picking to win the Masters this week? Yeah, I got to go with my boy, Colin Morikawa. I think he's got two major championships. He's a consistent ball striker, which I think historically helps you make the cut at Augusta. Um, And from what I understand, his putting is has improved dramatically, which was kind of a weak point of his game. Um, He's got 20 to one odds, but I'll take him. You know, I think that he's, you know, in, in a in a very loaded field. He is he's still on the rise. And I think, you know, he's cooled off from when he was was like the guy but still like he's still very much on the on the up so i'm gonna go with colin morcow also is there a better guy than colin morcow in golf there isn't <laughs> he freaking rules he freaking I, rules. I think i think he's got a great i mean he certainly feels like one of those players where it's like you're gonna get a master's at some point um would love to see him get a green jacket this this weekend i'm gonna go with uh with justin thomas thank you i, I love that all right, Jan, next question. I was going to ask it in the middle of our basketball discussion, so you've gotten to do some research on this one, but that's good because it's kind of a tough one. <laughs> Who is the best college basketball coach right now, or perhaps better phrasing uh, of how I want you to, to think about this and, and answer this question. If we had unlimited funds and could hire anybody, the University of Iowa, which coach which active coach? You can't like you know pull Coach Day out of retirement. But Ugh, which dang. coach would you would you hire? Yeah, um, hard to say because I feel like like I would take Chris Beard even though he he didn't like do much this year. Fuck yeah, um, take Chris Beard. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I gotta say, and this is kind of you know. Uh, this is what I wrote down, and I don't have a reason to not believe it. I think he did a really good job in his first years. I'm going to go Hubert Davis. I love me some Hubert Davis. And I, oh, yeah. And I think that if he can come into a program that has kind of played one similar way and change it for the better, that's what Iowa needs. That's what Iowa needs. Someone who comes in and like assesses the team for half a season, makes those important integral changes, and, and, is, and is ready to change his team around Culture for the better. changers. Culture changers, and he is that. He needs to get better at the in-game stuff, but but let me tell you, he would change the team more than Fran McCaffrey has. So that's probably true. This is not it's not meant to become a, a friend friend slander time um, by by any means. We do love you, Fran. You're on your way to being the best Iowa head coach ever. So keep it up. Hell yeah! It's just more for, for fun. your job's safe because we don't have the ability to. Hire whoever we want. And if we did, I don't know how the hell us two, or I guess just you in this situation, would have got it. Yeah, that's fair. I think, you know, I, you know, the slander is fair because let's be honest, we haven't, we didn't really talk all that much about Iowa not making it. So we're going to talk about it now. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, it'll be our, that'll be our, that'll be our little jive for like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk about it because we're hurt, but now some time has passed and we're going to get our little jabs in because you deserve it. (laughs) You could have beaten KU. People were picking you to beat KU and then we would be champions, whatever. All right. Last quick fire question, Jan. Mm. Which NFL team next season is going to be the Lakers of the NFL? Ooh, the Lakers of the NFL. I love that. Um, the Lakers of the NFL. Okay, so let me think through. Yeah, I'm going to say. And, and maybe this is an easy pick because of just things that have happened. But I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be the Los Angeles Lakers nice. of this next year. I don't, oh, I, don't think, can- I don't think that's an easy pick. 
I mean, because of Patrick Mahomes, but I mean, like they did lose Tyree kill, you know, they did, they are changing things around and there's some questions, but uh, yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes and company, if I had to make a prediction, like a hot take, I don't think they're making the playoffs. I just think there's too many teams in their division that it's going to be hard too many mouths to feeds for wins. You know what I mean? So I think just with the interdivisional play, they're going to have more losses than they, than they signed up for. And, uh, not that you sign up for losses, but <laughs> coach, coach, I got like four. I like we four said four losses. losses. We said, and that, that was our six. That's two more than we agreed to. I like, I'd like to send back. I asked for four. I did not ask for six. You guys, I've told you that was never a part of your contract. I, I do not control that shit. I don't know where, where you learned how sports worked, but three around my show. You do control that shit. Good coach no. would have gotten us to win. No, I think, well, and honestly, I think the Chiefs are probably the perfect answer, um, especially if it goes how you say it, because I don't think he, like, the Chiefs could miss the playoffs, as you say, and I don't think it's going to be because like Patrick Mahomes played bad. Like Patrick Mahomes could probably go have an incredible year, similar to LeBron is right now, and the Chiefs might still come up short just because of competition around them and, and changes within their team. Right. A hundred percent. I definitely think that could happen. And if I had to pick another team, just because I want to say this out loud, I would pick the Bucks. Uh, as a team that also could go out because, you know, people are acting like the Bucks are Super Bowl favorites just because Brady came back. And I'm I'm sorry, but that's like a high overestimation. They might be top three in the NFC, and that is being nice. You know what I mean? That is being very nice to say they're top three. And that's only because the NFC has gotten remarkably bad in the last <laughs> offseason. So they might make it far simply because the NFC is such trash. But, you know, I could totally see them you know, not having a good season and not making the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, we haven't, I mean, we haven't talked much about Bruce Arians stepping down and, and Todd Bowles taking over. And of course, Byron Leftwich still there. Like it's not, it's not a massive change uh, as far as, as those things like sort of go, but it is a change. It, it is something that they're going to have to, to deal with and, and kind of figure out. Yeah, and it's never easy pairing with Brady. So it's it remains to be seen how that gets paired out. Yeah, he can. It's you know good, good and bad to uh, every relationship, right? Yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's just like with Brady. It's like you know you can date any girl and it might go poorly, but then you, you know if you're dating the big, the most known supermodel of all time, you got a couple more things that come into play, and uh, it's not always easy. <laughs> What a what a great um, analogy for the guy who's married to like maybe the biggest supermodel of all time. I I did it on brilliance. Thank you, brilliant. So good. <laughs> all right, Jan, you're off the hot seat, and it's time to cool down. Oh yeah, Villarreal needs to cool down. Yeah, Villarreal, you also cool down. Uh, Yannick, maybe you did give something up for Lent. I don't know <laughs> if he did. <laughs> what should it? If you did, what should you have done instead? If you didn't, what should you have given up if you were going to? Yeah, my funny things that I should have given up for Lent. Let's say that. Um, I should have got... Here's... I have two. Three. Um, I should have given up worrying that Bayern wasn't going to win the Bundesliga because uh, it's just it's just an unnecessary worry because, God, it's like if Dortmund gets hammered... Tried to tell you. 4-1 and they can't even, you know, get it done against Leipzig even a little bit. Like, what am I worrying about? You know, it's just not necessary. I uh, just should have given that up for Lent. Um, I should have given up eating after 10 p.m. It's always gross. I never eat the right things. And it's just always like ends up being delivery. And it's that's no. too much money. I don't have that kind of money. Dude, um, delivery, the delivery, like, like, I love delivery. It's so convenient and it's great. And you can get anything. Like, like, remember growing up and you would just get, like, pizza delivered? Now you can legitimately get effing anything. And, God, it does, it racks up in the prices. It does. And you don't realize until you're like, wait a second. Where did my right. money go? I just eat every day. <laughs> That's all I do. Shit. Oh, no. Service fee and tax and chip. You're like, my God. Right. Um, and the last thing I'll say is I should have given up talking instead of walking. You know, I got to get myself more in a productive streak here. So, uh, that's what I'll say. Kind of more serious, on a more serious I like, note. I like that. Giving up talking 
did, did a little more walking. <laughs> more walking, less talking. Um, I should have given up energy drinks, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but I guess I mean that was that's the point of Lent, right? You just do it for like a little bit. You're like, that's such a. I'm gonna give up this bad thing just for a little bit, and then then I gonna go back to it. That's a great. That is kind of Catholicism in a nutshell. <sighs> yeah, a little, a little bit. bit, a little All bit. Right. It's like, yeah, I'll admit I'm a sinner, and I'll go a couple, you know, weeks without doing that sin, and then I'll sin again. I'll be like, damn, still a sinner. Ah, oh, damn it, we missed. I gotta um, tell, I gotta tell some some dude the shit I did. I'm like, hey, I, I stole. And they're like, I'm, I didn't steal anything. I don't know. I don't know why I took that. I don't know why, but that was very incriminating. Yeah. <laughs> of all the sins. Scratch this. Oh no. Uh, confidentiality. Yeah, literally. I I now hold the fate of of your future in my hands. Do I edit right. that out or not? I don't know. We'll see. Just scratch. Just scratches. I feel like that would be like a word, like even more incriminating. You'd be like, why did he have to? He was just like a joke podcast thing. What was he so worried about that? Like, yeah, he unscratches and he goes, you know, when I murdered that person, (laughs) you know, and then then the priest said, do a couple Hail Marys. That was good. (laughs) And that is Catholicism. Thank you for our TED talk. It's been real nice. Um, Happy to be here. (laughs) Jan, anything else for the lovely people? Oh, you know, stay safe, uh, you know, wear your mask when you can. I know that restrictions are up, but, uh, you know, just be smart about where you are. If you're in the subway, you know, you just wear a mask. You know, it's it's gross in there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't, don't be a, is nasty. Don't be a jerk. And it just makes more sense. Uh, and, you know, uh, still, you know, thoughts are with Ukraine every day. You know, I know that the conflict is out of the news cycle because that's the U.S. news cycle. But, um but, you know, we, we're still thinking of everybody over there. Um, you know, it was you are jived to the U.S. news cycle before the episode's out. You know, I always do. Uh, the media, damn you. Damn the media. We're part of it now, Matt. God. Ugh. No. No. How did this happen? Um, but, you know, April's here a month. The, the year is a quarter of the way-ish out and uh, of the way. And, you know. If, if you haven't started living this year like you want to live it, you know, let this be your wake-up call. Spring is here, and so is revitalization, baby. Yeah, if that doesn't get up off your ass, then you're, you're freaking screwed. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't you can see write, that space, but he's just you like... Can write, <laughs> you can write this 2022 off. If you don't get up now... You're done for. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Cheers, y'all.